welcome to the United States Paranormal Podcast. Sit down and buckle up for an enlightening ride through everything cryptid, creepy, and paranormal. Hello, all of my paranormal freaks out there. It is I, Golden Jay, hanging out with... The Rocker Chick. And... Jake Dunn. And we are... The United States of Paranormal, Woo-hoo. or TUSOP for short. Yeah. It's an abbreviation. Or Team Boozers. I don't know if we need to keep Team Boozers since there's not a Team Tejas, but. I like it. Instead of Hoosiers, it's Boozers. Hoosiers and Boozers. Whatever. We are getting so close to the episode 100. Where will we be? <laughs> live. We're going to do a live show, boys and girls. It's going to be great. Oh, boy. It's going to sound <laughs> like that, too. <laughs> Can you believe that J-Dub has never seen the Dukes of Hazard? She said she has. I've seen some of them. She said she never seen MacGyver. Oh, that's my correct. God, Jeremy! Listen, I, I mean MacGyver's been on the TV in the background before, but I never really watched. Yeah, the whole thing. I would really think that your husband would like MacGyver. Yeah, He's like the, the lock picking and all that. MacGyver like yeah. did all these fixing things that were crazy. So mm-hmm. he you, probably did. Yeah, I bet. I bet if you ask him, you should text him. All right, I'll text, <laughs> him. text him and see. Let's text him and find You're out. You're going to go home and he'll be watching MacGyver. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning so much. Golden Jay told you to watch the MacGyver if you haven't seen it. I love MacGyver. No, we that actually... was Rocker Chick that said to watch MacGyver. Fuck. <laughs> Jesus. Jeez, Jeremy, take my glory. You call me Golden Jay. <laughs> no. <laughs> Denied. Again. Not the first time even today. <laughs> Man. Hmm? Uh, Golden Ladies did an episode of MacGyver. It was, one of, it, it was a lot of fun. Um, we also did uh, an episode of uh, uh, the murder of John Lennon Ooh. a few weeks ago. Uh, a lot of, a lot of very interesting. Uh, you into John Lennon, Jadam? Mm. Were you a Lennon Lennon girl at all? Um, he was living in the Dakota, which we talked about yeah. on Tucson. And that's where he was killed, was right in front of the Dakota. And so it was just interesting to kind of to think about that I had done, done an episode on the Dakota and then with Golden yeah. 80s do the, do the murder. And I, I think I could have really liked John Lennon as a person. He was very, very fan-oriented, which, you know, if you listen to um, Golden 80s or Indian Chiefs fans, we talk about Taylor Swift quite a bit because – of all the rigmarole going on in With Kansas City, um, mm. she is very fan oriented too, extremely fan oriented. Oh, yeah. So uh, that's one of the things I like about her. They're thin, but you know, <laughs> if she makes Travis Kelsey happy, and he gets me, you know, hundreds of yards a, a game, then, then then life is good. So, all right, yeah. Sean did watch MacGyver, yeah. He was a MacGyver guy? Yep. Nice. Nice. I knew. I, we, we knew, we knew he it. would be. Yeah. Knew it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, so at the beginning of the John Lennon episode on Golden 80s, Frankie Vegas professed his love for Logan. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Wow. 
I think he's trying to get a bromance going. Uh, I just, you know, just thought I'd throw that out there for all you Logan fans. Um, Yahira, if you're listening, uh, you might have some competition because uh, Frankie was just going on about how soothing Logan's voice is. (laughs) All right. It's an interesting trait. That Logan and his voice. Mm -hmm. He doesn't get it. Does he want him to read the phone book to him? Man, I don't know. I bet I, he didn't get that, did he? <laughs> Man! <laughs> oh, yeah. Starting with A. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> oh. I can't. Why is your face so yeah, Don't you, stop. I want to hear the I want to hear the phone book now. I'm going to leave and she's going to continue. It's going to get weird. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it could get very weird. <laughs> Not like Amazon driver weird. But mm, oh, God, no. Anderson slash Andy. 305 Walnut Street. No. No? No, it was much better when she did <laughs> I can have that soothing voice. Frankie, I can have that soothing voice. I, Listen to me. I might have this. <laughs> yeah, really. Your voice doesn't sound no fucking great now. I have a soothing voice, but by God, my laugh. I'm like sitting in the uh, in the living room, and he's doing our edits. podcast, yeah. our edits on our podcast. And I hear my laugh, and I'm like, oh, my God. Was that me? That was like super loud, and wow. Same. <laughs> Same. I hate Whoa. my laugh. But it's the exact same laugh my mom has. Oh, there are moments when she laughs or does, there's just little things that she sounds just like her mom. Her mom had a specific laugh and a, and, and not every time, not the, no. not your big laugh, but you're kind of your, you know, the kind of <laughs> laugh that you do is. I don't know if anybody like has ever had this, but if you look like somebody so much, I literally, as I got older, would look in the mirror and see my mom. I that was one of the reasons why I dyed my hair because I couldn't look at myself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's why I stay blondish orange, whatever I call her. <laughs> yeah. I'm a natural, uh, dark haired person, but yeah, I just couldn't those, do it anymore. Those roots are looking pretty good right now. Yeah, I know it's pretty bad right now. I need a haircut and a dye, and I've got some in the house, I just haven't done it. I uh, do you think I should get a haircut? Anybody? Anybody? No? I I do. When I come home and he's got that shit up in a ponytail, yeah, you need oh a haircut. Oh, my God. And you better not do no fucking man bun. <laughs> and it's like off to the side and this is hanging down. I'm like, no. Get that out of your hair. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, Jeremy. I haven't done a man bun, but I've done the back top ponytail. Yeah. Sticking up the top. You ever wear that to work, I will come up behind you and cut it off. <laughs> But why? Why? I don't know. I just don't like ponytails, <laughs> guys. I don't know. Well, I'm not uh, really a ponytail guy anymore. I was for a long time because uh, they didn't like my long hair. And I had, like, hair down almost to my butt crack. It was so yeah, long. Yeah, I've seen pictures. Yeah. So, I mean, I wore a, I wore a ponytail on that for a long, a long, long time, time. But... 
till I Montana s- was born. I tell you what. I still remember the day everything. I got the, yeah, no shit. We talked about that earlier. <laughs> uh, the day I got it all cut off and I came home and, and she was what? She was less than one, wasn't she? Oh, uh, yeah. And, who the hell are you? Yeah, it, <laughs> it was. It was the look like, I should know you, but I don't know who you are. Hmm. It was crazy. But yeah, I'm getting to that point now. Uh, you know, for those that don't know, my hairstylist, who I've been going to for years, retired, and I got a new one. And I've been going to her for about two or three years. And then she went on hiatus because she wanted to take care of her mom, which is, you know, totally understandable. And he hasn't got a haircut since. I haven't. And that was back in February. What do you got for me, J-Dub? Let me ask you this. What is the weirdest thing you've (laughs) ever found on the ground? Weirdest thing I've ever found on the ground. Did you ever hear the penny story? So uh, somebody is addicted to the curse of, Co- of Oak Island. And okay. um, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I am a little bit too. Uh, they have um, a Gary Drayton is the metal detector guy that's on there. He, yeah. he is the fucking best. He is the only reason to watch the show, to be 100% honest. So I had gotten a metal detector. And I had messed with it, and one day she's like, hey, you know, let's go check this out. So we took the metal detector through the backyard. Now, with the metal detector, I had, like, uh, the little bag with the shovel and all that shit in it. And so we go around the backyard. She's got the metal detector. She's just going. She finds um, two pennies out of that whole backyard. That's all we found. Besides maybe, like, a metal strap from from the volleyball court or something like that. But... So I'm like, oh, I'll just throw them in this pouch. So we get back up to the house. We've been out there for an hour or so, just kind of tinkering around. She goes, let me see my uh, my treasures. And I hand her the bag and didn't realize there was a fucking hole in the bag. <gasps> so I probably only found one penny. <laughs> because he probably dropped the first one. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but what's the weirdest thing? I mean... I don't know. We can go with, uh, you know, I found money on the ground. I mean, I don't know if that's weird, but. How much? Uh, 50 bucks one time. I kept it. <laughs> I didn't feel bad about it. I've lost money before, so, I mean, it's only fair. It's like it, karma's coming back. I got my money back. But I don't know that anything, like, super weird. I mean. God damn it. There was one time I was in the backyard and there was a bundle of balloons back there. I hate that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty kind of odd. But, I mean, it's like somebody's birthday party balloons blew over there. Any ideas? You know, you've got to answer this question. I know. This last episode, I know. I know. I've got to answer We it. had Larissa on last episode and she I answered the answer. question right out the gate. Yeah. Yep. She did. She did. And I, I, and you sorry, but faltered I, and I, every once in a while, I catch up on my eggs. <laughs> there you go. Um, hmm. <laughs> oh, she's thinking, J-Dub, uh, yep. what, what do you got? Well, it's funny that you said the, the money and the metal detector because uh, I have a story for both of those two. So, right. you know, we were watching Oak Island and... Um, it was when we lived at, maybe it wasn't Oak Island. Something got us interested in metal detecting, okay? And it was when we lived at the haunted house. 
So we're in the backyard and we find something and we hit big on this something metal in the ground. Well, the guy that passed away at our house, the son had told my dad that close to the end, their dad was taking cash out of the bank, putting it in coffee coffee cans and burying it in the yard and they could never find him. So we're like, hey, maybe this is one of those. So we're like digging, digging, digging. We do find a coffee can. <laughs> I have a feeling that we're. <laughs> it was fluffy. Oh. <laughs> Did it say fluffy it on the said top fluffy. of it? fluffy. Oh, my. R.I.P. Fluffy. Oh. So we put it back. We said we're sorry. And yeah. And we were done. It? Did you mark it? Yeah, we were done then. Okay. But you didn't do any more metal detecting? We went on the other side of the house. Oh, okay. <laughs> we didn't figured find that anything. was the graveyard for the yeah. that animals. <laughs> yeah, no. And then the other thing was, is it was raining, and I was living in the middle of town, and across from my house was this drug dealer house. You would see people in and out all the time. Right. So, for some reason, I was gonna leave, or some somebody was parked in my parking spot, so I parked on the road, and it's pouring down rain. And I happen to see an envelope on the ground. I pick it up and I run inside. $400 Whoa. in that envelope. Wow. Mm-hmm. What'd you buy yourself? Probably a lot of stupid shit. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was only 19. I just thought of another one. Can I, can mm-hmm. I, can sure. I say it? So when I was about 16, 17, uh, I had been at Bobby's. I remember I had that old 76 Camaro. And I'd been I'd been at your house, and I was actually heading home. And I was uh, at the light there at 30 and 19 going home. And I saw a bag uh, laying on the side of the road. Or not laying on the side of the road, lay, laying in the middle of the road. So as I was pulling up there, I pulled up real slow, opened my door, Grabbed the bag and just threw it in my back seat because it was heavy. When I picked it up, it was heavy. I was like, oh, it must be something good. So I threw it in my back seat. When I got home, then I jumped in the back seat and opened up. It was two six packs. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> One was like a malt liquor. It wasn't very good, but, you know, mm. still. Okay, so I have two. I thought of two. Nice. Um, so there was one day um, – we're driving home from Warsaw, and just randomly, there was a loaf of bread, <laughs> and then another loaf of bread. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and another loaf of bread. So, yeah, I called it Bread 30. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I bet there was a dozen or two yeah, dozen Yeah, I mean, there loaves. was a ton of just, yeah. oh, wow. just random bread <laughs> the road. I, I mean, full that. loaves of bread. And we think it was because it was like bad bread from like Kroger, you know, that oh. went, so they were taking it, you know, to homeless shelter or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it was just randomly spread across. It anyway. probably wasn't bad bread. It was, it was uh, outdated. Day old bread. Yeah, yeah. Outdated. But uh, yeah, so that was one. And then also uh, a couple years ago, one of the drivers came in from work and said, hey, Bobby, you need to go take care of what's in the... Um, where they parked the trucks, there was an actual syringe Ew. laying out there. So, yeah. That's always fun. Yeah. I'm like, why do I have to take care of it? <laughs> oh, 
just leave it there. I'm not touching it. So, but anyways. Yeah. So there's a couple. That's those are those are good ones. Those are good ones. See, sometimes it just takes me a while. I still can't think of weird things that combinations that people eat. I just can't. I don't, I don't know why, but donut burgers. I don't think that's weird. That's true. I, I like them. I like I like mixing food. I'm, I mean, I'm not one of those where things can't touch. Right, right. I I am one of those people that when I get breakfast, I want that. Um, well, they call it they garbage. call it garbage yeah. where everything just goes together. I love that. Love <laughs> it. Love it. Put the gravy right on top of the eggs and the <laughs> bacon and the sausage and the yeah. All yeah. the vegetables. Many a night's coming home gigging uh, up in South Bend. Uh, Five in the, the morning. Yep, the truck stop uh, that's close to here. We would swing in there and at uh, three, four o'clock in the morning, and and just I, I'd always go for the power breakfast, man. That it was the biggest fucking breakfast. You had pancakes and eggs yep. and sausage, bacon, and I would eat until I was completely stuffed, and then I would just walk in my house and fall on my bed and sleep till noon. Yep. Mm. Yep, yep, yep. Do you ever miss gigging like that? Uh, no. We Too old we... for that. <laughs> nope. Don't want to ever. I, I don't miss going into bars. I don't, yeah. Don't miss it at all. I miss, uh, I miss our old friends. Uh, you know, seeing JP and, uh, yeah. oh, the yeah. guys from Surface and seeing, uh, Fruit Pie and, and all our South Bend buddies, you know, all those guys that we hung out with up there. I, I miss a lot of those guys, but, um, and I miss playing from time to time. It's it's a lot. It's a lot more. It's a lot rarity now. I don't miss it as much as I it once did. But you know, taking the stage is is something that's really fucking cool. And I was glad to be able to do it with you for a couple of years. We had a lot of fun. I don't miss the anxiety. I mean, it was it was pure anxiety till the moment we got on stage. Till the moment I stepped off stage. I, bet. I don't know why. It, I mean, I knew what I was playing, but. To be up there, I would get so nervous. I would have to have it right in front of me. Otherwise, I felt like I was going to forget. You know, it's just. We did. We had a lot of fun. Do you ever I, I tell you a quick story? I don't want to take it too too long, but she used to get, give me a, she was, give me a hard time. Not really like super jealous or whatever, but um, she would always be like, why do the girls always want to come up and talk to you? You know, she was always kind of bantering Matt. We had a, some friends that was, his wife was was way worse at the jealousy when he was on stage. I was going to say, I wasn't that bad. No, I, I said you weren't that bad. <laughs> but you give me a hard time from time to time about it. I, the best one was they played up town here in Under Green. And this girl was not pretty and was was quite Large oh on the large side, <laughs> and a- had on the skimpiest little outfit ever, but danced right in front of Jeremy the whole night, and I loved it. I thought, it was how long ago was this? A long time ago. Oh. Yeah, this is uh, back when it was still uh, before it was changed over and redone. Um, she uh, was a self-proclaimed stripper, mm-hmm. and, oh, yeah. and it was it the was perfume some was absolutely horrible. sexy dancing going on yeah. right in front I of. I kept Jeremy. moving around so the lead singer would be where she was. I kept trying to get out of the way. And I'm just sitting there just watching going. So she would give me a hard time from time to time about, you know, the the girls that would come up and talk to us. And it's part of the gig. You was part of the job as a musician or a front man or even guitar player. But she was never, like, angry at me. Until she joined the band and we played, 
Luna Palooza for our good friend Dan. And you know Dan Tucker. He used to throw this big ass party every. We played it a couple years in a row. And uh, the first time she played it with me, we were packing up. And some dude strolls up to her and starts giving her the business and starts, uh, hey, how you doing? And I was with uh, our guitar player at the time, and I was like, hey, come here. And he's like, what? And I go, look. And she was just talking to him, just, you know, being polite and chatting him up and whatever until she looked over at us. And I think it hit her at that point that, you know, a good-looking woman on stage is going to get attention. Where, you know, us sleazy guitar players and lead singers. <laughs> I mean, that's one. That's a whole different thing. But, um I, I found the picture. This is one of the pictures that was taken. Tell me she's not a hottie in that picture. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, it, yeah. It's We played a party for um, a couple. and Yeah, you can't stop looking at it, can you? <laughs> and I did. Wow. I do Zombie. Zombie is one, yeah. one of my songs that I sing. And I had... Four? Four or five. Four, four or five. Quote, lesbians right in front of me. And yeah, I'd never been hit on by so many women before. That's funny. So, yeah. And it's funny because, uh, are you showing the camera? Is that no, what you're doing? I'm trying oh. to give it to you. Um, uh, we knew it. Because we knew we knew the the one girl teased me about it forever. Oh after yeah, that. absolutely. It was. I great. never wanted to sing zombie again after that. That's funny. But she's done it many oh, times yeah. since oh, then. Yeah. But all right, are we ready? Have we <laughs> strolled down memory lane Stroll long down enough? Down memory here? lane. Yeah. I'm just yeah, gonna yeah. set this picture here and remember the days of the rocker when chick on stage. When I had long stage. hair and actually could be called the rocker chick. Yeah. Because it's not really. I'm not really the rocket chick anymore. Although we have talked about working on music yes. this winter, so we'll yeah. see. Yeah, we get this, we'll see. We're gonna get the studio but set. But no back more, up. no more bars. And no, yeah, it's it's too much. It's that, too much. that three four o'clock in the morning bullshit. Mm. You don't know what Sunday is anymore. You're sleeping through it because you've been out all weekend. You got football to watch too. I do. That's right. I do. That's right. All right. All right. Let's so do it. we're ready. Yeah. Ready for my story for today. We are going to talk about urban legends. Different ones from around the country. And we're going to start with one that I think Jeremy will just love. Oh, God. <laughs> oh you have nightmares tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to leave until the end, but hey, we'll, we'll start with this. Let's one. start with this. All right. Urban legends, those... Um, unsubstantiated stories of terror that allow us to use our imaginations to fill in increasingly horrifying details which with each retelling have been with us forever psychologists believe we respond to these tells because we have a morbid fascination with the disgusting we also can't help but enjoy gossip Put those two things together, and it makes for an irresistible mix. So, first one. First. You stagger into the bathroom at 3 a.m. Oh, God damn it. To relieve yourself, <laughs> which Jeremy does every A lot. Night. <laughs> uh, groggy with sleep, you lift the lid and position yourself over the toilet. You hear splashing. Turn on the light. 
you see a rat looking back at you Ugh. from the bowl. Fuck that. You're never the same again. Uh, did I sit or was I standing? <laughs> You're sitting. Uh, you oh! are sitting. At least you didn't get your balls bit. <laughs> did he scrape my bungle? <laughs> <laughs> this urban legend has been around forever, being told that, you know, alligators... Uh, the all- yeah, alligators, snakes. Yeah. Alligators, snakes, eh, not really too many stories behind that. But rats, rodents in the toilet, inches from very vulnerable <clears throat> areas of your body. Fuck! It is a particular kind of domestic terror and one that happens to be possible. Uh. I could believe it in New York. Drain plumbing for toilets is typically three inches in diameter or more. Plenty of space for a rat to climb up. Absolutely. The animals are attracted to sewage lines due to (laughs) undigested food and feces and can travel through pipes before emerging through an opening and into your bathroom. How do they hold their damn breath that long? (laughs) And yes, rats can be somewhat testy when they complete their journey. Oh, well, they ain't touching <laughs> my testes. testes. <laughs> They're testy on your testes. <laughs> One aqu- aquatic rodent bit the brump of a female victim in Petersburg, Virginia in 1999. There you go, Mason, Virginia. <laughs> in Seattle, the issue is common enough that the public officials have given advice on what to do in case you encounter one. Close the lid and flush. <laughs> oh, man. Thanks for the public service fucking announcement, you cocksuckers. God. Uh, so, I, yeah, I just I wanted to do that one, especially for Jeremy. <laughs> Listen, so so you're talking about how they would how they would hold their breath that long yeah, in an actual uh Three inch drain. Most of the water stays at the bottom of the tube because there's it's mm-hmm. so big. So there is plenty of room for them to get oh, up okay. in there. The only breath that they would have to take is actually coming up through the toilet. And I don't. I I I know in a regular household. Um, I mean that's gonna be a very interesting uh, trek to get through the you know the design of, of what the toilet is. I don't know about like an apartment or something like that. You know, in the big city, but. I would think it would happen more in, in apartments or whatever because yeah. you're not – it would be kind – I mean, in a house, everything is underground or right. whatever. So, but, but yeah, <sighs> I just thought you would enjoy that one. You know, I'm going to get up a piss at 2.45 and then <laughs> – You're going to be, be thinking. Like, I'm going to fucking wake you up. <clears throat> I'm going to make you go in there and check for me. All right. Meanie. Well. I'm just, kidding, j Just leave the toilet lid down and flush before you open it. Listen, I keep the toilet lit, and we've had this discussion many a times. Uh, the toilet seat for me stays up. We have a light on the toilet, so just look before you go. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. It's all good. But I, I'm just saying, I stagger in there two in the morning, and I, I don't. I'm still sleeping. I've woke up peeing. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I remember in our old house, we would have a lot of spiders, and I remember quite a few mornings going in to like wash my face or brush my teeth and there would be a huge spider in the sink you know yeah. it would just be like ah yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah a rat in the toilet would i i would probably 
I don't know. Let me I would burn be nervous. The fucking too. house down. I'll tell you. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, we are moving on past the rats. Thank God. <laughs> Let's get on to something more civilized. This one's called The Leaping Lawyer. Nope. <laughs> Sooner or later, Toronto residents hear the tale of a lawyer who had a peculiar fondness for running full bore into his office windows to demonstrate how strong they were. Oh, God. This practice caught up with him eventually as he crashed into a window and went selling to his death. Well, yeah. This hobby was actually practiced by Gary Hoy, a senior partner in an area law firm with an office on the 24th floor. Hmm. On July 9th, 1993, Hoy made his signature tackle against the window to impress some visiting law students. The pain finally broke and sent him plummeting to his death. In a eulogy, the manager partner, Peter, called Hoy one of the biggest and brightest at the firm. Yeah, okay. Can can you imagine now? <coughs> you can just see him as he hits that window and it breaks, and then there's a pause, and then you hear, and that's when he knew he had fucked up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did it constantly to the same window. You know, that's going <coughs> to... Yep, yep. Dumbass. <laughs> All right. The next one is the body under the bed. Ooh, Yeah. Vacationing couples, newlyweds, Disneyland guests, all have been the subject of an urban legend involving hotel occupants who fall blissfully to sleep only to wake up to an awful stench coming from either under the bed or inside the mattress. Somebody farted. Closer inspection (laughs) reveals that a dead body has been stashed away. Ew. Presumably, not anyone who has died of natural causes. The traveling tale has been confirmed multiple times. Over at least a dozen newspaper stories have detailed hotel rooms that have doubled as body disposal sites. While the smell is usually apparent right away, at least one couple slept on a mattress containing a body in Atlantic City in 1999. Oh, God. Cases in Colorado, Florida, and Virginia have also been reported. In 2010, guests at a budget lodge in Memphis were horrified to discover they had been sleeping above the body of Sony Millbrook, a missing person. Fabric softener had been stuffed in the ceiling tile to try and mask the smell. At least three other occupants had also rented the room since Millbrook's dis- disappearance. A court eventually convicted Millbrook's boyfriend, Lakeith Moody, of the crime. Oh, gosh. <clears throat> so, what? You said they woke up. It's always the case that they wake up and they smell something. Wouldn't they smell it when they walked in the room? I mean, I know you said fabric shopper and all that, but I mean, uh, were they getting busy and they they maybe shook maybe. the body a little bit? And that's yeah, what caused I would think the... that's why they would. But... Ugh. That could be why a lot of the hotel bedroom beds now you can't get anything underneath it. Yeah, why they? Yeah, Ugh. that's true. Uh, or mm. they keep the cockroaches to some place for them to hide. Ew. <laughs> you know I'm not wrong. <laughs> no. Okay, the next one is called the Maine Hermit. For decades, people who vacationed in Central Maine's North Pond area 
were puzzled by items that would go missing. Batteries and food from cabins, flashlights from camping tents. Rumors spread that a permanent fixture of the area would forage for sustenance and supplies. They were right. For 27 years, Christopher Knight lived alone in the woods, keeping tabs on the hikers, canoeists, and other temporary residents of the grounds. When he was confronted by a game warden in 2013, Knight admitted he was responsible for an average of around 40 robberies a year. Despite family and friends who, di who dismissed tales of a hermit lurking somewhere in the woods, his identification proved that someone had been watching and waiting for nearly three decades. Christopher Knight. Wasn't that the that played uh, Peter on the Brady Bunch? I don't know. There's a lot of people with the same name. That this is exactly one, who that is. This is. one is called Charlie No Face. Imagine finding yourself outside and alone in the dark on a residential street. In, the, in the horse <laughs> barn. <laughs> you hear footsteps approaching. Suddenly a man with a misshapen face appears. You run, terrified beyond words. You spread the story of the man with no face throughout Pennsylvania. Charlie No-Face, also called the Greed Man, was actually a man named Roy Robinson, and he was no figment of anyone's imagination. Born in 1910, Robinson was disfigured as a result of an electrical accident at the age of 18. He, he touched active wires, which effectively maimed him. Knowing his appearance could be disconcerting, Robinson took to taking strolls after dark. He often walked a path along Route 351 in Beaver County, Pennsylvania. While his men intentions were honorable, encountering Robinson in the dead of night inevitably led to spreading stories about a boogeyman haunting the town. Robinson died in 1985. This one is called the All Too Real Corpse Decoration. Notorious outlaw Elmer McCurdy took on a second life following his death in 1911. The embalmed corpse of McCurdy became a grim, a gr bleh, grim slideshow attraction throughout Texas. With people eager to see the famed criminal on display in funeral parlors and carnivals. Though it's hard to document all of his travels, he eventually wound up in Long Beach, California, where someone apparently mistook him for a prop. McCurdy was hung in a funhouse at the New Pike Amusement Park. His humanity discovered only after a crew member on the $6 million man, which was filming there in 1976, tried to adjust him, dislodging his very real arm. The following year, his corpse was put to a proper rest. Wow. I used to love the $6 million man. This one is kind of short and cute. It's called Don't Sneeze in Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> Samuel Chu was the chief of justice with a funny name of Delaware during the 18th century. And Chu was well aware that the locals had a pen, had a joking thing for a good sneezing pun at his expense. Right. 
The constant achoo echoing behind his back was too much. But here's a twist. After Chu died, those who had mocked him got a spectral payback, filling icy, eerie chills every time they sneezed. Oh. <laughs> How do you like me now? How do you like me now? <laughs> I just thought that one was a cute one. Gotta have a cute one. Absolutely. Yeah, so Jeremy doesn't have nightmares. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Fucking rats. This one is kind of long, and I'll try to shorten it a little bit. The urban myth of England's phantom social workers who still vulnerable children. Oh. The, mo- the most upsetting urban myths typically involve children. In England's phantom social worker phenomenon is a prime example. The legend began in the 1990s when British newspapers started reporting on unidentified men posing as social workers and taking children from their homes on an evaluation. According to legend, one man who would be accompanied by several women would masquerade as a social worker. He would enter and inspect homes for safety and examine children for signs of abuse and then whisk the children away, never to be seen again. So he would say like they're being abused and then he would take them away? Yes. Oh, shit. The urban myth spawned such hysteria that it spurred local law enforcement in South Yorkshire to create a task force to investigate the claim in 1990. The so-called Operation Child Care received more than 250 reports of the type of abduction as a result, though only two proved to be valid. Only two. One of those was the report of Annie Wiley, who claimed that a woman pretending to be a social worker suddenly appeared at her home after her 20-month-old son had been hospitalized for asthma. The woman had no identification and was accompanied by a man waiting outside. Suspicious, Wiley demanded more information. The strange woman placed her son's medical records on the table, but after the couple left, Wiley was able to confirm that they weren't social workers after all. Despite this chilling account, in its four years as an active task force, Operation Child Care didn't make a single arrest. Instead, authorities blamed the press for hyping a small, legitimate problem into a large-scale paranoia that then spawned an urban legend. Nonetheless, there were at least two groups of individuals who abducted children by posing as social workers. Authorities believe these were vigilants, vigilantes, sorry, <laughs> who believed that it was their duty to protect children from abuse in the wake of a major child abuse scandal in the 1980s. The scandal involved pediatrician Marietta Higgs and Jeffrey Watt. They d- developed a diagnostic test to detect sexual abuse in children. Dozens of children were referred to the hospital as a result with a record 24 children being admitted in one day. In total, they had removed 121 children from their homes and incorrectly identified 94 of them as abuse victims. Oh, Oh, jeez. It's no wonder that in 1991, a year after the phantom social worker scare, that legislators implemented, implemented the Children Act, which enforced strict regulations for social workers at 
for social workers, at least the urban myth spawn positive real-life action. Right that on. would be scary. So, you know, the whole thing about them starting, you know, this whole thing and led to something good, I guess. So, I want to know how that <clears throat> pretend social worker got the kids' medical records. Maybe they were a nurse. I'd say that if I was investigating that, that is where I would start. Right. Is figure out why, if they, if the medical records were legit, um, how they got them. True. And why the archives coordinator didn't, uh, <laughs> why he bugged up and <laughs> lost a record. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That damn Iron Mountain. I'm telling you, every time. <laughs> <laughs> we just outed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so I'm sure we've, we've, you've all heard the urban legend of Bloody Mary comes from a real woman with a bloody history. Virtually every young child raised in the Western world is familiar with the scary urban legend of Bloody Mary. This myth is repeating the name Bloody Mary in a cramped closet or into the mirror of a dark bathroom will summon the vengeful spirit of a real woman which is one of the queens, Queen Mary I of England. Oh, right on. Some you, are, you've said it twice now. Don't say it a third time. <laughs> Some are adamant that Mary's name must be uttered 13 times. Oh, okay. Then whereas we'll others <laughs> claim three times will suffice. <laughs> well, at least you know she's not a Rougarou. <laughs> <laughs> Some claim that the spirit appears as a woman holding a dead baby, while others insist that she will come after you or your own children. But the terrifying tale is rooted in medieval history and begins with the birth of the first queen of England, Mary I. The eldest surviving child of King Henry, Mary did not fulfill her father's desperate lifelong hope for a male heir. She was thus ignored by him and declared illegitimate by Parliament. Her life was plagued by pain in addition to isolation. Mary experienced terrible menstrual pains and irregularity in her cycles, as well as deep bouts of depression. Nonetheless, Mary managed to take the throne throne at 37 after marrying Philip of Spain and became pregnant with her first child. But when her due date came and a baby didn't, the country was in shock. Mary had appeared pregnant, but after her due date came and went, her pregnant belly disappeared as well. The inexplicable false pregnancy coincided with Mary having just signed an act in, into law known as the Marian Persecutions in accordance of which 240 men and 60 women were burned at the stake for being protestant. Which I have no idea what that means, but... What protestant means? Protestant. Protestant is a member or follower of any of the Western Christian churches that are separate from the Roman Catholic Church and follow the principles of the Reformation, including the Baptist, Presbyterian, and Lutheran churches. So look up Marian persecutions. M-A-R. Hold on. Hold on. I can only type so fast. M-A-R. I-A-N 
Okay, so uh, what is that? What do you, what That's the for? act that she put into Mary's Catholicization of England from 1553 to 1558 meant that all Protestants who remained did not. Re- all Protestants who remain did not re- recant or ch- choose to practice their Protestant publicly, were arrested, tried, and executed as herricks. So, yeah, they were. So 240 men and 60 women were burned at the stake for being Protestant, which didn't follow the same what she religion. Believed, yeah, yeah, so. yeah they, they, it's a religion. So she wasn't yeah. a good one. Yeah. <laughs> the de- the despondent monarch came to believe that she had been punished by God for her actions and died childless at forty two. Besides the sad story of the real Bloody Mary of England, there are other more paranormal tales that inspired the scary urban legend of Bloody Mary. Perhaps most famous is the tale of a witch named Mary who was said to have been been executed for studying black magic. According to this legend, Mary would appear in a mirror during divining rituals in medieval times to seek vengeance. Some believe this ethereal mirror, which kills her summoner upon arrival, while others claim that she drags her victims through the reflective portal into her world. Into her into world. Into her world. <gasps> I'd be, that'd suck. I've seen like movies where people get trapped in mirrors and shit. <laughs> Have you seen the movie Mirrors? No. Ooh, you need Me. to watch that one. No. That's good. No. I'd take every mirror down in my house then, wouldn't I? <laughs> yeah. So verifying the legend of Bloody Mary... So verifying the legend of Bloody Mary, however, is easy enough. Simply look into the mirror and chant her name if you dare. No. No? No. I think I'm good. I I don't think I can. I don't think I want to do that. All right. So I have one more. You have one more? One more. All right. We are going to talk about the urban legend of the Navajo skinwalkers that can't shapeshift. The Navajo skinwalker is described as a humanoid shapeshifter that can transform into a four-legged beast and terrorize his family in the American Southwest. While it sounds like the step of urban legends, the skinwalker has deep roots in Native American lore. Mainstream America first heard about these entities in 1996 when the Deseret News published an article on a Utah family's harrowing experience with a ferocious beast that ravaged its cattle. Oh. Only 18 months after moving onto their ranch, onto their new ranch, Terry Sherman, the father of the family, spotted the creature for the first time. Mm. Sherman claimed the beast was three times bigger than a wolf with glowing red eyes. Perhaps most disturbingly, it appeared unfazed when he shot at it. The Shermans moved out shortly after the incident, and several new owners of the ranch reported similar encounters. Today, that property is known as Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, shit. And is believed to be a curious hub of paranormal activity. According to the Navajo Navajo English Dictionary, a skinwalker was translated from the Navajo Really? Which literally means by means of it, it goes on all fours. 
Navajo folklore describes a variety of these creatures, and the Pueblo, Apache, and Hopi people all have their own origin stories for such beasts. Some traditions claim that skinwalkers are born of Navajo medicine men who initially benevolent abuse of their magic for personal gain. Bestowed with mythical mythical powers of evil, these tribesmen can then transform into any into any animal or person of their choosing. But a ravenous bloodlust will follow their newfound abilities. They are reported near impossible to kill unless with a knife or bullet that was dipped in white ash. The Navajo, meanwhile, are vehemently opposed to discussing the creature with outsiders, even amongst their own. You see that a lot if you watch Skidmocker. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Since the inexplicable sightings on the Sherbins Ranch, the area has become a ported hotbed of paranormal activity. On March 12, 1997, bleh, what? 1997, <laughs> biochemist... Colm Keller reported spotting a skinwalker on the property. Perched 20 feet off the ground and about 50 feet away from him, Keller said it was hard to see clearly, but the creature was undoubtedly non-human. The large creature lay motionless, almost casually in the tree. He later wrote, The only indication of the beast's, the beast's presence was a penetrating yellow light of the unblinking eyes as they stared Fixedly back into the light. Whether or not skinwalkers are indeed real, there will perhaps always appear to be elusive creatures with qualities science has yet to assess. What is clear, however, is that the urban myths of creatures like these continue to mesmerize people from all walks of life and take on a life of their own through storytelling, time, and fear. Podcasting. Podcasting is another. Nice. Wow, that was a that was a lot. That, that was a lot. That was a lot. That so you, you still one remember is... the rats, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just talking about the Skinwalker one because there's. I mean, I want to kind of keep it short and simple because I didn't know if like somebody had already done Skinwalker in the past or whatever. But I. Well, after watching Skibaker Ranch and stuff like that, I definitely want to throw that one in there because, right. I mean, people, that is an Indian thing that has been going on forever and, you know, especially in um, the West, mm. they tend to. Right, so, right. Yeah. So. And I know you're a big fan of the show and I know that the. Uh, it's uh, kind of like, um, Yeah. Dig a hole and find nothing. You know, you got to keep watching to see yeah. if they figure out what's going on. Right, right. So, all I know is, uh, I think in my Glimmer Man when we talked about Skinwalker Ranch and how he was sighted there, and um, yeah. you know, all that kind of cool stuff. So, yeah, one of these days we're gonna, the three of us are gonna have to sit down and just do a, an episode about the Skinwalkers because I think there's so much there. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Very cool. And, uh, Skintober. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad idea. Not what do you guys idea. think? Let us know. United States Paranormal at gmail.com. Should next year be Skintober? 
Oh goodness. There you have it. That's that's all I'm gonna. I mean, there's a bunch of other ones, but urban yeah. urban legends are cool. I mean, you know, there's a lot of different uh, aspects of the urban legend, and they grow. They just keep growing. You know, yeah. Everybody, you know, I I was going through these and going, yeah, I saw, I've seen shows, many different shows on probably two or three out of all of them. You know, of different right. people doing things on them. So. You think uh, skinwalkers can turn into uh, stink bugs? Uh, that's kind of tiny. You stink bug over there? Oh, yeah. Oh, he's friendly. <clears throat> All right, I'll br- take him over to you. <clears throat> You're not a fan of stink bugs? I don't like stink bugs either, especially well, if they're in the no, house. He's yours now. Ah, <laughs> they stick. Yeah. <laughs> she just threw the whole entire fly swatter. Gone. Um, Fuck around and find out. <laughs> Not today, Satan. Not gonna <laughs> Stinky ass. Not gonna happen. I Very like cool. Those. Very cool. Interesting. A lot of lot of lot of stuff to take in there. A lot to uh a lot of big words there you have. <laughs> so every time you, you sneeze from now on, you're gonna get a icy get a chill. chill. Yeah, well you said his name and that's the first thing I thought. I was like, hey, is his middle name Ah? <laughs> that's terrible. I would have been a horrible friend of that guy. Yeah. yeah, probably. So everybody in the town that made fun of him every time they sneeze now, I see chill. All right, well, good job, good job. Yeah, I liked Thank it. You. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. They're gonna go. All right, well, we need to get out of here. Yeah. So, we want to thank our listeners for hanging out with us for uh, another episode of the United States Paranormal. If you like what you heard, then uh, you know, give us a rate or review on. Uh, Apple Podcast or Spotify or, you know, wherever you else you can rate or review at. So we need to get our stars back up. So if you're a fan of the show, we would love for you to go write a positive review. Please. I know we had a lot of banter in the opening of this, but. Uh, you can yes. forward through it. That's right. Just fast forward. It's fine. <laughs> get over uh, it. You'll, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Um, go check out our uh, merch store at the United States uh, there's also uh, a little bit of a write-up about us. And uh, you can also go check out all the merch for everybody else in the Golden Mojo Empire at you can go to <laughs> goldenmojoent.com. So if you're a fan of um, you know all the other shows, you can get merch there too. And we have our own page on there. Woo-hoo. you know, So our pictures and, and a little write-up on there too. So Send us an email. Yes, we want to hear from our listeners. Good or bad? We do take bad okay. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we can handle bad. So if you want to give us a hard time, that's cool. We kind of kind of push I'll it. give it right back. Keep pushing, yeah. I'm going to say we get a bad email. I'm just going to forward it to Jen, and uh, you'll hear from her. Yep. <laughs> I ain't scared. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get out of here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you, both of you, you for uh, your stories and uh, all of the camaraderie of the evening. I've enjoyed it immensely. So keep it spooky. We'll see you on the other side. Bye. Thank you for listening to The United States of Paranormal. Check us out at theunitedstatesofparanormal.com or at any other of our social media pages. At Twitter, at T-O-S 
O-P-P-O-D at Instagram at the United States of Paranormal or Facebook at the United States of Paranormal or YouTube at the United States of Paranormal 1795. Please check out our other podcasts in the Golden Mojo Entertainment Network. The Call Guys, Golden Image Podcast, Indiana Chiefs fans, The Golden 80s, Murd Nerds, and A Court of Books and Booze. And if you have a location you would like us to check into or a creepy story that you would love to tell us, please email us at theunitedstatesofparanormal at gmail.com. Please like, rate, and subscribe wherever you listen.